Hello and welcome to Sit Down, Shut Up and Listen. Today here I have Liz, who has been a teacher in Florida for 18 years. This is her 18th year teaching. She's taught grades uh, 6 through 12, except for 10, uh, for 10th grade. And we actually met through a mutual teacher friends, um, who's also been on this podcast. Greg has been on this podcast, so go listen to his episode where we talk about the teacher shortage. Um, Liz, uh, from what I know, we literally just met, but we're both super into cats. She's super sweet, super laid back, and she's very passionate about teaching and is excited to share uh, some teacher stories today. And we're going to start off with some really funny stories that she has. First of all, do you want to like say hi? Yeah. Hey, uh, everybody. I hope there's a lot of you out there listening. Uh, First podcast guest, so uh, it should be fun. I am really looking forward to it. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, So we're going to start off with some funny teacher stories that you have. I'm curious, what's like one of the funniest stories that you have with a student okay so um I taught eighth grade for a very long time and I loved it when I did and now that I don't anymore I'm so glad because uh-huh. it's so different to teach now I'm teaching seniors uh-huh wait wait what what in eighth grade did you teach I I've always taught English and reading okay so um I've taught every grade except for 10th grade from sixth grade and uh when I was teaching eighth grade I really loved it because the kids are so funny because they're mm-hmm. not really grown up yet and they're still a little, little bit young Um, but they think they're grown up. Oh, God, yes. uh, there's just so many personalities that you have in your classroom you have to deal with every day. And I used to have this one boy who wouldn't sit still and wouldn't stop talking. So it's like a chess game, trying to figure out where you're going to put this kid, because no matter where he sits, he's got somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. So I finally moved him up to the front of the room at my front table, and I had a thing that holds, like, rulers and pencils, like a pencil holder on the desk and all the office supplies. And he was fidgeting with it all the time, and he wouldn't stop. Always had his hands in my stuff. Yeah. So I kept saying, Juan, his name was Juan, leave my stuff alone. I don't go in your book bag and touch your stuff. Leave my stuff alone. Trying to, you know, sometimes joking with him, sometimes a little annoyed. Right. And finally, one day, I'd had it enough, and I walked over to him, and I said, Juan, I'm going to make you never want to touch my things again. And he just looked at me like I was crazy, and I walked back to my desk. And I got a tampon out of my desk, <gasps> and I put it in the pencil holder. No, you didn't. I did. And Did you take it out girl, of the wrapper? No. Every girl uh, knew what it was, because they always came to my desk asking for them. Uh-huh. So as soon as they saw me open that drawer, they knew. <laughs> and they were like, oh, no, she didn't. You know, this whole, they exploded with laughter. That's so good. And he had no idea what I did. Like, he didn't know what it was. So he picked it out of the thing to look at it. And then when he realized what it was, it was like poison in his hand. And he dropped it. Like, I can't believe it. And I laughed so hard. And I thought, I had a co-teacher in my room That's at the time. That's such a good trick. And I thought, I said to him, do you think I just crossed the line? And he's like, no. nope. No, and you it didn't. Was brilliant. It so, was, because he wasn't listening. Never did. Yeah. Never did it again. Never touched my face. Oh, that's so good. It was great. You have to go that far sometimes. Like, if you just, if they don't listen, you just have to keep 
going further and further. Till they listen. Till they listen. And sometimes you have to cross the line a little Yeah, bit. sometimes you do. Uh, so he got the message. So that's a really funny story. That's uh, so great. There so many like How did the class react? Oh, they were hysterical. They couldn't believe oh, I did so it. That's so great. That was the talk of the town. And yes. I was like, do you know what she did in our class? So that's a great story. I love that one. I love to leave with that. Uh, it's a great one. That is really, really great. I love that. I wish I could do that. Yeah, there's a lot of things I wish I could do but, that I can't. Yeah. Um, Would you do that? How long ago was that? Well, I've been teaching high school now for about six years, so it had to be, oh, ten years ago. So would you do that today? Would you make that move today? Still? Um, it's such a different climate, but I think that I still would. would. <laughs> I would still pull the tampon trick. That's who I am. Um, <laughs> and also, now I teach seniors, so you can push the envelope further with That's the true. kids that are That's seniors true. than you could with eighth graders. Because they're just not quite mature enough to get some of the stuff that you're going to, the humor that you right. use to uh, work through the class every day. Right. Um, yeah, so I'd do it again, for sure. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. worked. I'm trying to think one of my funniest moments with just one particular student. Um, okay, I, it's hard. I, there's a lot. All right, there's I'm so going to have to pick one. Okay, so this is when I taught fifth grade. I had a student, actually what was weird is I had two students who like highly identified with fictional characters, but I'm going to have to pick one. So in class, everybody wrote this poem, like I, to identify them, like I am kind, I am funny, I am uh, smart, I am Jen. So it was just like very... Um, straightforward. It, it was like a whole class thing. It was honestly, or not a whole class. It was a whole school wide thing okay. that we all did. It was just supposed to be like a self reflective, self, I don't know, not improvement, but just kind of like let's be nice to ourselves kind of thing. Okay. So I am blank, I am blank, I am blank, I am me kind of thing. And so I was looking around, and it was kind of like an art project, too. Like, they would decorate it, and it was very, like, self-reflective. And so I was walking around the class, watching my students do their poems and artwork and everything. And one of my students was almost done with theirs. But I looked at it, and I'm like, this is not you. Because <laughs> she wrote, I am fierce. I am smart. I am strong. I am... Katniss and I was like what (laughs) no you're not you're not Katniss what are you doing and she's like but I am like I feel like Katniss so this works for me and I was just like you know what forget it forget it huh self-expression yes very much self-expression right there her artwork was incredible like she was just like in this out of the box thinker and and there was she has such a straight face too like there was no joke trying to be pulled there like okay she's like i am some artwork okay show me have to uh talk about it you know describe it to tell the people who are listening so we were doing stories one time and this was an eighth grade worksheet packet thing so they had to do the story pyramid i'm not sure if you're if you're familiar with it you know, they, oh, the yeah. Side. So they have to write every little component of the story, and they had like eight cartoon frames to draw it in. And this one is the setting is the forest, 
the plot is I don't I I can't tell you what he's saying that that is, but he drew everything. Every tree looks like a penis. So when I got this paper yeah. in me, so the, the here's the story, and here's the, the you know the conflict. So there's a tree forest, but it's penises. You know they don't really look like trees. And then yeah. he gets to the rising at the climax, and now it's just penises on fire. And a fire truck <laughs> is trying to put them out. That is and so funny. It's the first, you know, it's his story. And he didn't think that. I don't think he turned that in thinking that no. this is what that was. No. I couldn't even correct it. And now, I don't even know if there's a date on this. I, there's a kid's name on it, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. This has got to be 10 years old. And I still have it. You still have it, it yeah. That's hilarious. Time I look no, at I t- it. I've taken a picture of that, too. I had a kindergartner who drew... A penis on the back of the spelling test, and it was did he pretty, know that's what pretty it was? good. I almost think he was doing it intentionally because it was too good to be anything else. Yeah, because in eighth grade, everybody draws penises. All the boys draw penises on everything, and mm-hmm. and I always say to them, and this is crossing the line again, but I would say, guys, girls aren't drawing vaginas on their <laughs> shoulders. Why are you drawing penises all the time? Ah, oh, that's good and, stuff. And they'd just be like horrified that I said that word. Yeah. Uh, you know, eighth grade. It's like, <gasps> so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, girls never draw. That's true. Parts. Only boys do that. That's true. Yeah. And then I found this on a boy. No way. Tell the people what it says, Jen. So, <laughs> apparently there's a boy just walking around school with a button on their shirt that says in white, large, bolded lettering, I have a boner. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get away with that? Like, how long? Like, wait, wait. What period did he have? Oh, you? I might have saw him third period. So wow! So he went and around a couple hours with that, with on. that on. And then want to see the other one he had? Yeah, on? I, I this do. This one's going to need some explaining. I might even have to explain it to you. So this one is a large black button, also in white bold large lettering. My Dixie wrecked. My so it's three words. Dixie my Dixie wrecked. wrecked. Say it again out loud quickly. My Dixie wrecked. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Are you kidding me? Eighth grade was where my Dixie wrecked. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Same kid. That At had. first, I read it. I'm like, okay, but yeah, you're right. You have to read it fast to get. You have to read it fast to get it. <gasps> oh my gosh! I never gave them back. I brought them to the and you got them. They're mine. And they were literally. like, oh my god, that's crazy. I was like, yeah, you can't have them. So I still have them. That's and I pull them out every now and then when I'm you know looking for a funny story. <sighs> That's that so great? good. That yeah. is so great. That's a good one. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a good one. Yeah. It is. <laughs> so those are some of my funny kid stories. Um, I don't know what that was. Yeah. So kids can kids are funny. They're not as fun in like ninth grade. They're horrible. I taught ninth grade, and they're not they're not fun. They're not funny anymore. They they think they're big shots. Mm-hmm. So they don't, um, they don't listen, like you said. They're, they're harder to manage than 8th grade. I teach 8th grade over ninth grade any day of the week. Because once they get That's into so high funny. school, they think they're all that. That's so funny. I always thought 8th grade was the worst. No, 7th grade, I would never teach 7th grade again or ninth grade. That's so funny. I, okay, this is why I think 8th grade is the worst. Because they're like top dogs in middle school. And they're going through puberty. 
Yeah, but it's they've been through it long enough that seventh grade year is where it's the worst because that's when the girls get really bitchy and they're mean to each other. The mean girl really comes out in seventh grade mm. and the stealing the boyfriend and you talk to my boyfriend stuff and it's just a lot of drama. I think the curriculum for seventh grade should just be like emotional, social, social emotional learning. There's, wow. There shouldn't be trying to educate these kids. In seventh grade, they don't have really. Oh, you think it's that bad? The they're they're all over the place. Yikes! Yeah, if we, if they could trim that down to a little more fun, it'd be better for them. Because they're so they crazy. don't know who they are yet. They don't know what they want, but the peer pressure and all the stuff around them. So they're struggling with all those things all the time, and we don't know what's going on at home. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole big thing, too. Like, you don't know what their home life is. Right. I was talking to a girl in my classroom last week after school and found out she lives in a house with 13 people and <gasps> sleeps on the floor next to her grandmother. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I'm mad at her when she puts her head down on her desk because I'm thinking she's not paying attention. And I, you know, at the end of the day, we're, she started to cry telling me the story, and I can't watch people cry without crying myself. And I just kept telling her how, you know, she was really fierce and strong and she was going to get herself out of that situation. And um, I just felt my heart broke for her. But then I Mm -hmm. was like, I thanked her for reminding me why I come to school every day. It's not just to drill information into your head. It's to have, you know, great kids and relationships with these kids. Yeah. Uh, So she gave that back. Yeah. I needed that, too, because you get so tunnel vision on what your objective what, is. Yeah, what you're re- required to do. That you're like, oh, I didn't think about her sleeping with 13 people yeah. on the living room floor. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's why it's important to have, like, those teacher-parent relationships as much as you can. Because otherwise you kind of lose the whole picture. Although it's harder, it's harder in middle and high school because you have so many students. And in elementary, it's a lot easier Yes, we do. And we have, I I teach in a community that is really on the low end of good parent involvement. We practically have none. Um, It's a battle to get a parent conference because our parents just, they're working. It's a low socioeconomic um, town and it's not like the parents have time to come in and talk to you and they're like, you deal with it. Sometimes the parents are rotten and sometimes they're great. I mean, I've had parents actually tell me, you know what, when he's at your building, he's your problem. When he's in my building, he's my problem. So you deal with it. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah, those are the best kind of parents. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, no wonder Juan's such an asshole. Yeah. This is his father. Yeah. You know, I have kids that their parents, one of the parents is incarcerated yeah. Like, you don't even think. I have kids that are homeless. Yeah. So we have to remember all of that when we're in there. Right. Trying to meet our objective. Right. That's so hard. It is. There's such a gap, like, with what you're required to do and what their home life is like. It's like, how are you expected to do your job when that's not even, like, a priority for them? Yeah, a lot of my kids come from uh, English as their second language, or they come from... Uh, homes where English is not the primary language in the home. They may have been born here and speak English all their lives, but their parents still don't. And they have to take days off because they have to go to this place to help my mother translate. I have to take my mother to the doctor. You're an eighth grader, and you're going with your mother every time she has an appointment somewhere because you have to speak for her. Yeah, they grow up really fast. Yeah, it's just a hard way to have to live. I can't even imagine it. Yeah, that's really rough. Um, We're kind of transitioning to parents yes let's let's transition the emotion to 
Yes. What's a really funny uh, parent story you have? Oh, let's see. Well, I love when I run into a kid and a parent in public, you know, in Publix <laughs> or you know, Windy uh-huh. or CVS. And um, it embarrasses the kid a lot of times. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's fun to watch them squirm and they can't believe you're talking to their parent. And um, I try to be friendly and, you know, no matter who the kid is, whether I like the kid or I don't, because I'm not going to lie, we don't like some of our kids. Uh, that's not a lie. Uh, but I always try to be friendly, but I always uh, try to make it fun, too. And when they're leaving, I'll be like, hey, can I write this down as a parent conference so I can say that I have this with you? And they'll laugh about that. Just try to keep it low-key when you see them out in public. But, yeah, you know, funny stories. I'm trying to think. That's actually kind of hard because I was it thinking is. about that, too. Funny stories with parents are hard. They're just always brief and formal. Yeah, and sometimes they're mad. You call them about their kid, they're mad. Yeah. And they don't want to hear it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know that I have funny stories with parents. I just try to keep it low-key with them. Yeah. I don't have a lot of interactions with parents. Yeah. Uh, we've been in school 13 or 14 weeks, and I have not yet called a parent for any reason. Mm-hmm. I had one kid in my room call his mom to ask something that I was asking, you know, maybe stay after school or something, I can't remember, and he handed me the phone, and I chatted with the mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have not had a formal conference with a parent all year. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's yeah. kind of crazy. I don't have, um, I don't have the behavior issues in my class. I have attendance issues, and that's something I can't take care of. That has right. to come from the office. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I don't have behavior issues. So I don't see a lot of parents. So I, right. I so can't it's hard really to have... give a funny story. I, I feel right. like I just failed that one. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have any either. I think the biggest thing is I am the parent. Or, like, like literally kids will call me mom. They'll be like, mom? I mean... Yes, I've gotten that. And then the kids make fun of them if they're, like, teenagers. They're like, you just call their mom. Oh. For the younger kids, they'll just be like... <laughs> like, they'll just, like, laugh. That's cute. Yeah. They'll just start laughing. Like, you just called her mom. Yeah, you get everything, though. When you're, you know, with the older kids, I've had to, I've had a call at home with a kid. Her mother, her father had been picked up by immigration on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, and I had to deal with that. You know, the kid's crying hysterical. What do you do? You, you know, go somewhere where you're safe tonight, and we'll talk about it in the morning and just give them the right direction. But I don't have to deal with parents the way I do. Mm-hmm. I did more in middle school. Yeah, I guess that would make more sense. Yeah. Um, Do you have any funny classroom stories then? Uh, Yeah, I used to love playing tricks on the kids. Um, Kid will go to the office and I'll have everyone in the room turn the desks facing the other way. When they come back, they're like, you know, what's happening? Or if a kid falls asleep in the class, I'll have everyone get up and, and hide somewhere, like outside in the hallway. And then I'll be like you know, Robert, that bell rang five minutes ago and you're still sleeping? And the kid will wake up and... You know, and they go, oh, shoot. tricks on them like that. I love stuff like that. Today, I let my kids listen to music only on certain tasks because it keeps them focused. Yeah. And I get it. It's a thing. Um, so I let them listen to music only on occasion. And I had this one kid and he was jamming. Like, his eyes were closed and he was rocking while he was... He wasn't working because he couldn't see anything. His eyes were yeah. closed, and, and I'm like, 
to everybody else, like, look at him. And we all watched him for a few minutes and laughed and got a good joke out of it. And he's like, you guys are awful. It was fun. That's funny. Yeah, it is fun. I like that. That's really good. And then he's the same kid. He has a good <coughs> sense of humor. You have to be careful who you That's true. Sort of pick on. That's true. Because Some people are totally fine with it. Like, they'll just laugh along with you or be like, ugh, whatever. Some people will get, like really shy or like, yeah and oh my you gosh, have to know just, that yeah. you have to have that you have to know that you have to know um, your kids yeah that's how you know yeah uh, you know there's certainly other kids i would never have said those things to um for sure would done for sure they would lose it they'd be they'd lose their minds but, oh yeah um, oh yeah i had another boy who um he was the funniest kid i've ever had he he reminded me of Jimmy Kimmel, and I don't, I don't know if anyone else would ever think that, but he had kind of Jimmy Kimmel's sense of humor. Uh-huh. And I was teaching eighth grade, and I just had knee surgery, so I had a cane and, um, you know, hobbling around or whatever. And then I lost, you know, I became more mobile. I lost the cane. I didn't have to use it anymore. I came in without my cane, and he said, did anyone tell you you look so much younger without that cane? You <laughs> 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 were thinking to myself, you're an asshole. But he, you know, he could get away with it. That's he was so, so funny. Ah, uh, I love the funny kid. He told me. He said to me, he said, "Miss, do you, do you dye your hair?" I said, "Of course I dye my hair. Every woman dyes her hair." And he says, "Well, you should dye the roots too." Oh, mm-hmm. oh my mm-hmm. gosh! You know, it's, okay. It's like a lot of kids make those left fields comments, right? And if any kid's kid made, like, a left-field comment and it was inappropriate, not funny, I would call them out on it. If they made a left-field comment and they could make me laugh, I'm like, you're off the hook. If you just made the teacher laugh, you're off the hook. You are off the hook. Yeah. yeah for sure. So I, he was great. He was one of – he turned out to be one of my favorite kids I've ever had through my career. Because oh, I yeah. had him in seventh and eighth grade. Then I worked these, like, summer camps and programs, and he did, like, junior staff and worked with me. So he was yeah. a great kid. I got to see him graduate. That was great. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, because I started in the middle school, and he was there. And then I moved to <coughs> high school, and he became my student over there as well. Nice. So, yeah, that was fun. That was super nice. nice. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a classroom funny. This is sort of a classroom funny. This is like the very end of the year when I taught fifth. Fifth grade? Yeah. Oof. Very end of the year. Class was more chatty, kind of like rearing for school to get out. And so there's a time I'm like, oh my gosh, you work, you work, you work. And so I said that. I was like, you work, you work, you work. And then one of my students was like, work, 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 work. Let me see you do that. Work, 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 work. And because it was so chatty, after he said that, everybody roared in laughter. Like I was even laughing. Like, oh my gosh, I was not expecting for my kids to just like break out in song and like Rihanna's song. And so once the laughter fell, it was actually quiet. <laughs> and so I didn't have to say anything. That, that's great. I was like, all right, I won't say anything. Let's just work. It's it was so, great. It's so funny because you referenced the Rihanna song, and I would not know that that was Rihanna song because I'm way out of the loop for new music and stuff like that. So I'm always trying to keep current with my kids, and they just laugh at me because... Well, what's funny is that's I'm not super current. <laughs> I mean, it's it's somewhat correct. I wouldn't recognize a Rihanna song if you played it right now. Oh, really? So, no. <laughs> so, so I, I think I heard one about an umbrella one. Oh, that's a good it. one. That oh. was like her breakout song. Oh, really? Anyway, she's. I'm not a fan. Oh, you're um, not a fan of, of Rihanna? Yeah, I guess I'm not. But my kids will try to get me, like, I'll try to say something that's 
of their lingo, and I'm usually about six months or a year late for that's not a thing anymore. Oh, no, we what do you say, say now? What do you say now? Well, I'm trying to think, you know, uh, they used to always say, you're tripping, and that means, like, you're crazy. Oh, yeah, you tripping. So I'm finally like, okay, I So now that. you're saying so you're, you're tripping, tripping, but it's not a thing anymore. Oh, that's we not a thing. We don't say you're tripping. Now we say... I mean, you would say that's being funny. Do they laugh at you when you say you're tripping? Yeah, they yeah, laugh. Well, yeah. Then they try to get me to say things their way. And yesterday it was f- f- faux show, like faux show, for sure. Yeah, that's so old how too. How do you say that? That's old. But how would you say that? For show. For show. Faux show. And then, like, all of you just laugh at me like that's not how you say it. I'm like I'm saying exactly what you're saying. And so they just kind of set me up to look like a fool. That's hilarious, a though. It was that's really funny. Yeah, that's actually really funny. I can't help myself because I fall into it every time. And, and I'll say something that's like, you're tripping. And like, miss, that was so last year. Yeah. Like, that's not a thing anymore. Yeah. Well, something I said, I feel like I came up with lingo that my kids started. That my kids so picked easy. up on. And I'm like, that's why I'm the cool kid. That's right. Great. I'd love to be able to get them to say words that I say. Yeah. Because so, I say things like rats all the time when something goes awry. I'm like, oh, rats. And they and don't pick up on they, that? They look at me like, what is that? And I'm like, it's the F word for grown-ups who are not trying to use the F that's word. That's funny. Yeah, that's and, really uh, funny. Yeah. So they say, they swear. I hear them all the time dropping the F bomb. And I'll just be like, hey. Yeah. Sorry, miss. Sorry. Yeah. And I don't, I don't write them up or get them in trouble for it because I use the language. I just don't use it in my classroom. Yeah, yeah. No. Unless I slip occasionally. Like, we'll get a fire alarm and I'll go, shit! Yeah. Because you know, I wasn't ready for it. But I try to curb the language in class. Right. Because it's not appropriate. Right. Right. The, the word that I would say, and I still do it, um, I say Gucci. But I would be like, are you are you Gucci? Like, are you good? How like how are you? <laughs> how are you doing? Like Gucci, you got it, kind of thing. And now now they're like, we Gucci, like Gucci, or or like, do you understand? Like, are you guys Gucci? And they'd be like, yeah, we Gucci. <laughs> That's great. That's really great. I had a teacher friend who had a thing that she did, and it was like, get it, and the kids would respond, got, got it. it, and she'd say, good. good. Yeah, yeah. So I love I that. that. That's a good great. one. I thought that was great. I don't do anything like that. Um, I can't. I'm not that quick or clever, I guess, with stuff. I, get them to, I just try to keep... You're retro. I, old school. They're so, they laugh at me all of the time. I always say something that makes them laugh out loud. And I tell them stories about myself because I'm not afraid to. Yeah. Because um, I think it's important that they see... You know, I grew up poor, and they're poor, and I get it. I came from a family. We didn't have anything. Six kids, hardly... You know, we had school clothes, and that's what you got for Christmas. You know, Christmas mm. was school clothes. Um, and so I tell them my stories, like the traveling that I do and the things that I have and the nice places I go. And they're like, you're so lucky. And I'm like, no, you can have this too. Like, you just have to work for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't work. I'm just a teacher. You know, it's not like I'm a, a movie star and I have this great, crazy life. But they see it as like, oh, my gosh, she's traveling all the time and you're so lucky. Well, guess what? You can get out of where you are right now, too, and be the same person. Mm-hmm. And that's mo- that's that's my motivation. That's really cool that you do that. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, because I know that they have – a lot of them want to go to college, right? near yeah. their hometown yeah they want to stay home and commute to college because they're afraid to leave and it's like you've got to get out of town yeah you've got to experience something else come back 
after you've experienced somewhere else in the world. Yeah, and then show them what it's like. Yeah. Tell them what it's like. Don't stay in your little hometown. Yeah, your opportunities are not going to be as uh, as large as if you were to yeah. leave. And I have I have kids that, you know, not all my kids go off to college because I teach intensive reading. I don't know if you or that's the kids that are below reading. <clears throat> right, right. Level. No, yeah, I get you. Um and. These are the kids who haven't passed the reading for the FSA, mm-hmm. so they need to either pass the they need to get a, a passing score on the SAT or the ACT, either one of them. So I teach a lot of that test prep, like how to master this test. I'm not teaching you content of the test; I'm teaching you strategies to help you pass it, because otherwise you're not going to graduate. Right. And it's really unfair, um, especially these kids. This grade of 12th graders that I have right now are they're going to be the last ones for the FSA I don't know what's going to come after that according to our Department of Education but these kids are the last group and they take that test in 10th grade and if they don't pass it in 10th grade they get into an intensive class and they try to pass it in 11th and if they don't pass it by 11th they come to me for 12th grade and um, their 10th grade year was interrupted the week we came back from school, school break, remember it was March when we shut yeah. everything down? Yeah. So we, when we were coming back, they would have started testing on the FSA. So they lost the test that year, they didn't get to take it. So anything they learned up until that point, didn't get, they didn't get to take the test. Yeah. They came back the next year to a really fucked up situation. The virtual, not virtual, some kids are online. Oh my gosh, hybrid learning sucks. Hybrid learning is the worst. So they come back to that year, in their 11th grade year, and they still can't pass the test because they're not getting the instruction they need because it's so fucked up. So now I have them as 12th graders. Last year when I had 12th graders, the passing score for an SAT was a 430 for them to get the reading credit. Now it's a 480. They jumped it up 50 points. 10-point gain in an FSA, an SAT score is amazing. But now I've got to get these kids who That's already nuts. can't get the 430. I need to get these kids to a 480. That's crazy. It is crazy. And if you took the SAT, you know how hard that is. That test is hard. Yeah. Kids That's in insane. Florida to graduate with that reading credit need a higher reading SAT score than you need to get in most colleges in Florida. That's really nuts. So, yeah, I saw your silence because, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't mean to bum you out. Huh? <laughs> you look bummed out now. Yeah, that's just like really unfortunate. It is. And these kids are, you know, I have kids that are going to college. I have four kids last year that went to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Four of my kids that couldn't pass that test and now they're shining at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. You know, I have kids that are all over the place that couldn't pass that test. I can't pass a test. I taught sixth through sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade with my certification. When I moved to the high school, I needed a new certification for six through 12. It took me five times to pass that test. I don't test well. It's not that I can't teach well, I just didn't test well. Mm-hmm. And I get it. So that's one of the things that helps me get my kids to trust me is I tell them that story the first that's day. That's good. I know you're. I know exactly where you are because I've been there. Yeah. I I spent a thousand dollars trying to pass that test. It was two hundred dollars a pop. Oh boy. And I could have lost my job if I didn't finally get the passing score I needed. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm not the only one. Don't think I'm dumb, you know, because I couldn't pass that test. There are so many teachers now that cannot pass that English test. And that's why we have a problem at our school. There's so many English. educational problems. Oh, my There's gosh. There's too many. Let's not talk about they them. Stack Let's talk up. about the good stuff. Okay. So can you tell me um, a couple of your major successes or proud moments? Mostly with these seniors. I mean, the way I get these seniors to, to pass that test. I don't really feel like I'm doing anything, but I get all the credit. And I yeah. think it's a big thing about the trust, that they know that I know what I'm talking about. And if they just do what I ask them to do, they're going to do this. And I have a really great success rate. Not that I'm bragging, but I'm bragging. Uh-huh. Um, but you should, you should get you the know, credit. It's life-changing for these kids, because if they don't get their diploma, yeah. they... Yeah. they they're not, what are they going to do? Work at McDonald's, which, you know, it's not the end of the world. They're, they're, that's fine. But that's not what these kids all want. They don't want to work at McDonald's. They want to do better than that. And, um, right. so that's one thing. And, um, I'm going to give you like a particular story about one student. I had one student two years ago who was very low and he, he never should have been in my class. He should have been in like a self-contained class where they're learning life skills like he was really really low um maybe not you know he was he got somehow he fell through the cracks during his education and when I get him in I had him as a 12th grader I'm expected to be able to you know at this point what do I do so we worked with him and he did his best and he had a heart of gold the kids made fun of him a lot because he was really slow and kind of you know not on their same even um maturity level so he did not pass the test. Uh-huh. So he did not get to graduate. He would get what they would call a uh, certificate of completion. Yeah. And the school district that I worked for has decided that even though they got that, they still can't walk at graduation, which yeah. I think is horrible. Mm-hmm. I think they should, they've done everything they need to do except for that one score. Anyways, I'm not going to get on that. Um, he didn't pass. So at the end of the year, I was, I'm always sad when they don't pass. I cry real tears with them. I, I, I get it. And uh, one day the following year, I get a call to the principal's office. She's like, I'm sending someone down to cover your class. I need you in the office. And that's never good. That's never good. Yeah. You either have an issue with a parent or a kid or something bad happens. So I get down there and I'm a nervous wreck because I think I'm in trouble. And uh, there's this boy standing in the office and his smile. And, and I was like, what's up? And he's like, I passed the test. He took that test three more times over the summer on his own and kept trying. Wow. And he passed the test. Wow. And he came in to get his diploma. So they wanted a picture of us together <gasps> giving him his diploma. Wow. So that's one of my proudest moments. That, and it's not proud for me. I'm proud for him. Like, he did that. That's really cool. did not give up. And I use that story with my students because we just got scores in this week, the first test they took. Uh And out of 50-something of my students, only 14 of them passed, which is not a huge number, but it's a good number. I know it doesn't sound like much. But um, there were some boys that I thought for sure were going to pass, and when they didn't, it's so devastating. They come back the next day, and they're just like, I can't believe it. I didn't pass. And I have to keep them motivated. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Remember the story of that boy and he didn't give up? Like, you got to not give up on me. Yeah. Because I'm not giving up on you. So I... Uh, what I a had, true teacher here. Uh, true teacher. What's that? What a true teacher here. Uh, yeah, for sure. But I remember one boy, Jesse. His name was Jesse. 
And he sat in the back of my room one day and didn't get up out of his desk when class was over. And he came up to my desk and he was crying. This is a senior in high school. Uh-huh. And he's like, Miss, I don't know what I'm going to do if I can't pass that test. And I just looked at him and I said, and I'm crying by now because I can't watch someone cry or I start myself. Yeah. And I just looked at him and I leaned over to him and I said, Jesse, there is nowhere in my world that you are not going to pass this test. Please don't give up. And he was like, all right. And he did it and he passed. Yay. That's a real, real. That's really cool. Yeah. That's so cool. cool. Look at you. That's why I love my Motivational speaker. Yeah. Well, no, I'm too much of a busybody. No, but you are. (laughs) You're a motivational speaker for each of your students. Yeah. I really advocate for students. And some people think, uh, don't like me. Some of the teachers at my school don't like me. They call me the, um, what did they call me? They don't? No. Why? Because I get a lot of credit for a lot of, like I get, you know, people. (laughs) Oh, because you're too good. Yeah. You know, and and that's what teachers are. We don't want other people to do better than us. We want to be the, you know. That's what's so interesting. I find that so interesting because that's so true. It's like cutthroat real estate in teaching. Exactly. When I went into like teaching my first year, I like, because we're called teams, but it's not (laughs) like that. It's like, ah, I'm the best. I'm like, holy shit. Can you show? I don't. You know, I really, um, I love hearing how great it is to be me. You know, like, oh, you're doing such a great job. Who doesn't? Yeah. You want that. I mean, that you need that in your life. You need to have that praise about a job well done. Right. And, but there's a um, lot of, like, cattiness and yes. and people. Oh, my gosh. I can't do that. tired of hearing all my, like, success. And, you know, the principal would call me out in a meeting, and there's, you know, so-and-so, and she's my this and she's amazing and you don't want that i don't want that i don't want you to call me out in front of people and tell me how great i am because they don't give a shit they don't want to hear great someone else's they want to hear how great they are does that make sense yes it does make sense because we teachers do not get it enough they don't get enough praise that's very true and um, they're very underappreciated so for you to be saying oh this teacher's the best i remember it i worked with a teacher who i was like man if i wasn't this girl's friend i would hate that bitch because all <laughs> they do is talk about how great she is yeah so i get it um yeah yeah i didn't realize how catty and it was i i kind of love the gossip myself because um I like to know what's going on and who's Oh my doing gosh, it is like, so it's like you it. never leave school. There's so much of it. Oh Everybody's my gosh. got a story. I, I, I don't really, I'm not that kind of person, so but, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, it's, it's sort of okay, yeah, but. I like it. Because that's good. <laughs> I like it because. You're a part of it. Um, because you know what? Somebody's talking about me somewhere in another room. <laughs> So you like the attention? <laughs> no, uh, somebody's so talking mean, about like, me. That's right. Uh, yes, about keep me going. Talking shit about me that they don't like me or they think I think that or whatever. So, you know what? If they're talking about me, I'm going to talk about someone too. It's just human nature. People talk about. Did you see? That's true. It's totally normal. Did you normal. see the movie Bridesmaids? I seen clips. Okay, it's so funny because there's a part in there where it's like everyone's just bitching about every, each other. Yeah, everybody. There's that's always, very true. That is so. That's so teachers too. And um, everybody do is though, bitch. People are catty and bitchy. That's right, and, and a lot of people do it. Like everybody does it, but it's that's so teacher life. And we have sure. a lot more women than men. Yes, which is which accelerates are, it. Yes, elevates that. And I love when there's like teacher bromance going on at school. Did you hear? And oh, my God. Yeah. I saw them yeah. at the restaurant, and they were sitting next to each other. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's fun. Yes. Um, 
It definitely gives you something else to talk about. Yeah. It, keep, it kind of keeps your mind off, like, the stress. And the bitchy stuff that you want to bitch about. It's better to talk about, you know. Oh, yeah, it's better to bitch than. Yeah, better than bitching. Yeah. Um, what about major fails? Oof. Every kid that doesn't pass. Uh, I take it very personally. Like, uh, I work so hard with them. So you do give yourself credit. Um, no, I, uh, it, I not personally. I guess that was the wrong way to say it. But it's like you feel I empathetic. The empathy you feel sad. I have for them because yeah. I've seen them work so hard. If there's a kid in my class who's not doing the work and getting it done, uh, and you don't graduate, that's on you. But if if you're busting your ass in my class and you're doing everything the right way and you're showing success every time you take a practice test you go up in your score and I make them keep track of that so they can see it visually that I've already gone up 30 points I got this um but if you're laying your head down on my desk and coming in late every day or missing class all the time I can't fix that for you I can't help you do that so I don't feel bad for them so much right um and it's always the students that it's those students and I don't care about them I, I care about them but it's not the same and the students that English is their second language, those are the people I really feel the worst for. Because um, you couldn't take me to Germany in, in, and put me in a school and ask me to take this SAT Yeah, that's in rough. They have to work 10 times harder. Mm. And many of them are, are, they would excel in a school in their own language. But their yeah. struggle is that they can't read the text that they have to right. read. It's that language barrier. Yeah. So dang, dang is right. Yeah. Um, do you have any other things that you want to share? Any other major successes or funny stories or any just like last words that you think is really important that you want to share? Well, I was saying to you before we started the rolling the tape that we were talking about, um, I would not join this profession today if I were to start out yeah. as a 24-year-old and you wanted me to do this job, I would tell you to go screw yourself because there's not enough money for what I do. Yeah, um, agreed. The stress is overwhelming. Yeah, there's, there's agreed. Just, there's too much responsibility for the little bit of money that you get. Yeah. Yes, we have summer off. I know that. But you know what? Most of us work. I've worked summer yeah. camp every year. Um, so um, we don't really get summer off. Um, so I wouldn't do it now. It's too, you're asking too much of people, but I'm, you know, I'm five to eight years before I'm done. I, there's nowhere for me to go now. I can't change careers. Nobody's going to hire a, you know, 60 year old woman to do anything besides what I'm doing right now. That's not totally true. Well, you know, but for the money I need to, you know, right. I don't make terrible money. I make enough money to survive. I have a good life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm wor- I have friends who I went to college with who are making bank. Mm-hmm. And I just think, you know, and I have a friend who works really hard and makes a lot of money. And I, I was like, yeah, you work really hard. You deserve that money. He goes, but you work really hard. And I do. Yeah. But I just chose a place that's not going to pay me for it, unfortunately. Yeah, yep, that's um, why I'm outie. Yeah, I don't blame you. That's I why I'm outie. I do it. I mean, there's too much. There's too much. It's too much. Yep. And, and uh, if they left you alone to do the things you need to do with your kids, like build the relationships and get their trust and all that stuff, we'd have so much, we'd have so many more happy teachers and happy kids. Yep. But unfortunately, we don't. The crazy thing is like the problem with teaching is that there's so many problems. That's exactly right. 
Like, where do you start fixing yeah, them? Yeah, yep. Where do you even begin? And I was talking to a teacher at my school today on the way out about all the things that are wrong in our building. And it's endless. It's endless. And she talked about going to another school next year, and I was like, you know what? Well, it, well, it's it, well that same. takes anything. Yeah. No. Exactly. Just, it doesn't even matter. It's just a different name on the building. Yeah, or if anything, the problems just shift a little. Like, it may be better here, but there's going to be problems here. Yes. You're so, right. so I'm staying where I am. Like that's actually what I did is I worked somewhere and then I shifted and some things got better. Like the work culture was better, but then I felt more overloaded in my work mm-hmm. at this new place. And just honestly, the problems just shift. The problems never go away. And, and I, there's problems in every job, but with exactly. how unattainable the standards are, like how many priorities how much work you have to do is so stressful and overwhelming you're so undervalued underappreciated underpaid it's just the gap is oh my god yeah but luckily there are people out there that have the passion for teaching and they're getting in it and they're doing a great job I know a lot of young teachers who are amazing I will I will tell you that right there's a lot of great teachers out there and unfortunately it's like the people that are higher up that are like really controlling it, that are don't really know what's going on, that are making just decisions. backwards decisions. And unfortunately, I actually talked with, about this with Greg, but like schools are businesses. So a lot of those people that are making decisions, they're not educators that care about the kids like we do. They're uh, businessmen. The, the, yeah, in the top, the top yeah. of the chain. But we have, the problem I see is when a teacher leaves teaching to go into administration, it's almost like they forget. They what it's totally like in forget. The no, I agree with you. And it doesn't take very long for that to happen. You would think that that would happen over years, but, but I've no, seen it's just like, people huh. go into admin yeah. and like in two months they've drank the Kool Aid and they're after you. Yeah, um, yeah. It just feels very adversarial, and it shouldn't. It yeah. shouldn't. Our t- our our uh, school put out a survey, you know, because morale's bad. Let's do a survey. So. I, I don't know what 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 are the problems and one of the questions was you know this is what we do for our staff you know recognition for this and staff of the month and blah 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 and uh, what else could you would you recommend we do to help boost morale and my answer was get to know us and did that do anything I have no idea it was just last week okay and I guess <laughs> the problem as is like is that get to know us yeah the problem is like are you going to see results? Are you, that's the problem. Is odds are it's a no. You never do. They yeah. Just, they just so do that. Like yeah. you said, there are so many problems that you can't figure, you don't know where to start. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. hopefully, I mean, we get a lot of kids through the doors and they do well and they're, you know, they go off to college and they do great things in the world, but it's a struggle to get them there. For right. sure. All righty. Um, thank you so much for... Oh, you're welcome. This was just like hanging out with a friend and bitching about school. Yeah, about school. yeah, that's true. It's like the so, inside scoop. It's, uh, it's funny because, you know, I have a boyfriend who's not a teacher, and anytime we have teacher friends over, he's like, I'm out. Oh, my God. Yeah, here we go. Because all we do is talk about our students and our teacher jobs. Yeah. It's really consuming, isn't it? It is. It just consumes your whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I love it. I wouldn't do any other job. Good. Well, it's yeah. good. So, and it seems like we need teachers like you, especially now. Um, even though it's hard to now, but we need to keep those good teachers. We need to retain the, the great ones, you know? Yeah, we need to. Especially right now. Ones. 
Um, but thank you so much for sharing You're your welcome. stories. Um, I hope that this um, podcast goes well for you. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm going to listen for um, other things to listen to. Thank you, and I hope you guys come back and listen next time on Sit Down, Shut Up, and Listen.